The opinions and views expressed in this video are purely for entertainment purposes and not for investment advice. Good afternoon, YouTubers. Welcome back to another episode of Jack of All Trades. I'm here again with Kaylin, as always, and Brendan is still missing in action in that Florida somewhere. Uh, he's probably drunk on a beach, that bastard. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I think we should, uh, we, we gotta short, I think we're gonna try to keep this episode short, but we wanna talk about some really important stuff. And uh, like the topic of the minute right now is uh, GME AMC. Yeah. So I think, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I know you've got some, uh, you've got some comments about that. So why don't we go yes, with that? I do, I do. Okay, let's, since this is what everybody's talking about, let's take a look at this here. So obviously you guys, well, I shouldn't say obviously, but you guys probably all saw, you know, the beginning of the year when, GME was the big hot thing and, you know, ran like crazy. Let me pull that one up here. It's on the daily. So this is what started the whole thing, right? You guys remember, I think we talked about this on a podcast back in January, whatever, you know, I had this big crazy run and everybody thought it was going to go to a million dollars a share or whatever. Came back down and that's just kind of been fluttering along doing this for so long. So in this time frame, for whatever reason, there's been a shift from GMC to AMC. So when GME originally ran, it pulled up AMC, it pulled up KOSS, it pulled up EXPR. Like those are all what we call the sympathy plays. Um, so normally you have like, you know, you have this main runner in these type of setups. And just so everybody knows, this, this is a common setup. So this isn't like a once in a lifetime, you know, it's a crazy thing that's never going to happen again. Like you have the coronavirus stocks, like we had the Ebola stocks, we had the Bitcoin stocks back in 2017. Um, you know, what else have we had? There, like we've had the weed stocks, like every single one of those have done this they've all done the same thing so first off this is not a once in a lifetime thing uh this does happen you know not frequently but it, it happens like fairly regularly regularly enough that you can trade it and you can learn from it so now that's out of the way this so this is gme that's what started it all and then now we go over to amc so if you look at amc here this is the daily so this was in january when it ran the first time so amc had no news there was no relevance to to anything that was going on it just got pulled up by gme because it was a sympathy play you know it's a similar stock a couple of people talked about it they think oh it's gonna, maybe it's gonna do the same thing and people pile into it that's what a sympathy stock is you know like a bitcoin stock for example like like a sympathy to bitcoin at the time in 2017 would be anything that's bitcoin related so like bitcoin itself is going through the roof so you know uh, a company like gbtc or something like that like or riot mara like all those ones that are bitcoin related they just start getting pulled up with it. So those are, those are the sympathy plays. That's what we call, you know, sympathy plays or the, or this, you know, the kind of sidebar stocks compared to the main runner. So that's what AMC was back in January. And then we fast forward to now, for whatever reason, everybody on Twitter has been obsessed with AMC, right? They're thinking, oh, it's going to be the next GME. It's going to go, you know, I think I see the, the hashtag uh, AMC 100,000 or something like that trending on Twitter. I'm 100K. Your 500k, whatever it is, yeah. So everybody thinks it's gonna go to the moon. There's all you know all this data out now. I don't follow any of that stuff. First off, so like I'm not sitting here saying it's not gonna go to 100,000. I mean, it probably won't, but <laughs> I'm not here to predict the future. I'm just here to kind of talk about what I've seen over the years. So this guy here, um, basically, what happened is you know it was a pretty bullish setup on the daily overall. So if you just look at it technically, I mean, you can draw, like you can draw quite a few triangles in here, right? Like, I mean, you know, you can draw one there, right? Kind of sort of went sideways when it broke out of that and then it ripped up. You can draw one, uh, where's a good one here? 
Like if you draw one from right here, like you can get another kind of triangle going like that, and then you get the breakout, the pullback, and then it rips higher. So like, like the tech, you know, the technicals on this are pretty bullish. So like anytime I'm looking at something like this, I'm just looking at it as a trade, you know, like everybody that started piling into this on Twitter and stuff, like they were buying it like way back here. Like they were buying into these pops and thinking, oh, it's going to go to, you know, a million dollars right now. And then this whole way along, they're just on this big roller coaster, of, you know, through hell and they're loading in and they're way down money and then they're up and then they're down. And it's just this big emotional nightmare. So for me as like an actual trader, you know, I'm looking for something like this. I'm looking for a pattern that I can see, you know, where it's going to break out and then it's going to pull back. Like, look at this. If you, if you put your horizontal line right there, so we had this big high volume top, you know, right into this, you know, $12 area touch right there, say 1193. And we had a top into it there, it broke over and then it topped into it here, came along, topped into it again. And then finally, when it broke right out, it came down, it sat right on that line perfectly, and then it, and then it took off, right? So it's a really nice, clean, technical play. Like, it's a, it's a beautiful breakout setup that, that, like, I would have bought if it wasn't so much other crap going on in this thing. Um, so, yeah, yeah this you, one... You mentioned that. I just wanted to say the, uh, the period from, like, January, like, end of January until, call it, middle of March, that almost looks like a cup and handle, right? Because you got the, you got well, the big cup, you got the little handle. Like before that, so it'll so the beginning of the couple start from like late January. Yeah, yeah. So so you got that cup, then you got the handle, then you got the little breakout, and then the breakouts yeah. where it just it sold off, and then little consolidation, and then start breaking out again. It's like it's actually yeah. really technical. <laughs> I know that's what I mean. Like that's that's the thing. It's like that's that's the thing to look at when you're looking at these plays. Is is they're all technical plays, right? So like something like this, that's it's you know it's a tradable stock. It's not. Like again, AMC is not an investment. Like the company's bankrupt, they're probably not going to be around for many more years. That's that's kind of the reality. So it's not an investment. Like you're not going to hold this thing for ten years and twenty years and sell it at your retirement, unless you know they completely change their business model, start doing something different. That's a whole other story. But as an actual movie theater, the company is is basically garbage. Like it's useless. It's not going to make any money. Um, but as far as like a tradable stock, which is you know I'm a trader. This is what I look for. Technically, there's a lot of stuff to play in here. Right, like there's a lot of long sides um, on the daily. I don't really see any short setups that I would like. I don't really go long very often, so I didn't take any of this. Um, but it is a good setup, so that that's kind of some of the stuff to look for to just you know make sense of this. And then again, you know, you can see here the day that it did break out of this kind of little triangle range. Look at the volume down there on that candle, right? So that's great confirmation, right? You get that breakout, huge volume confirmation comes into the pullback holds there for a couple days like that's that's textbook right that's where you just load the boat and you know ride it up so that all worked out really well um the thing about this stock that's kind of interesting is you know again first i haven't been i haven't been following all the news because i really don't care like i just look at whatever trades present itself day to day i don't really don't want to bet all my money on this thing going to 500 dollars a share because that's not what i do um Basically, the consensus that I'm getting is that everybody who's in this stock, or at least like a huge percentage of them, are people that are brand new traders. Um, they're very, they're not very educated in what's going on. And there seems to be all these like streaming services, I guess, that are going on, like on YouTube and Twitter. There's all these people that have just kind of, you know, come out of the woodworks that are considering themselves experts. And they're basically streaming all day long, just talking about AMC and like just giving all this data. Like, it's just, it's kind of become like this huge cult thing where there's so many people on board, excuse me, there's so many people on board now that 
what they're trying to do is is squeeze this stock. So it's got, you know, as of a few days ago, it was roughly like 20% of the float was short. There's a there's a bunch of hedge funds that are short this stock. So they're trying to do the same thing they did on GME, right? Like they're trying to basically push the stock high enough, force the hedge funds to cover. And then as they cover, they have to buy. So they have to buy the stock up to get out of their position so they don't lose all their money, right? That's what a short squeeze is. So that's what they're trying to do here. Now, a couple of key differences between this and GME. I don't remember exactly, but I believe GME was, I think, 40 or 50 million float. AMC is close to 500 million float, right? So it's significantly more, more shares, significantly more stock you have to move. So it takes a lot more buying pressure to squeeze something like AMC versus GME. Um, GME also, I believe it was over 40% um, short float. So it was almost double the short float of AMC. So like on paper, you know, AMC is probably 20 times harder to do what we did to GMC essentially, or GME essentially, um, just because the numbers are so much higher. So that's, that's kind of what everybody's trying to do. Now there's the option side of this as well, where, you know, everybody's saying they're, they're going to have a gamma squeeze and there's all these options that are expiring and blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to get into that because I frankly don't know very much at all about options. That's not what I do. Um, so whether that's true or not, I don't know. I can't, I can't comment on that. Um, but as far as the actual chart here, so let's just, I, I just want to go through how I would look at this. If this was a typical stock, like, let's just say this was, you know, your standard 20 million, you know, 30 million low float stock. And it's, it had run up like this, you know, we're looking for a short setup. Okay. What are we looking for? So we'll take all the other stuff aside. Um, and then we'll just look at what this thing is doing. So let's go to. Let's go to see the 30 minute or 15 minute candles here just so we can get a better idea of what it's done. So basically it started, when was this, May 24th. So, you know, we had the first day, it kind of popped up, went sideways, and then you get these couple days where it kind of runs up sideways like this. You get the sell off, right? So usually what happens on something like this, you get a small gap down. This spike here was, I bet you that was caused by a bunch of people piling on short. So they shorted the open like crazy because they're thinking, okay, it's run up, you know, from, from 12 bucks to 20 bucks. Now it's gapping down three bucks, two bucks, whatever. So let's pile on short, like it's over, right? So they all get in short and then everybody buys. So they get squeezed, right? That's what happens here. This is your first short squeeze it's in this move right there. And then it consolidates for a bit, you know, everybody, then you get the FOMO buyers coming in, fear missing out, you know, they just rip this thing even higher. So you get this big, you know, parabolic move. And then, you know, this is when you're getting into your big volatility here. So I'll pull this back to a shorter time frame. I like the three minute candles. Um, I think it's just the best amount of information. So again, you know, out of the open here, like look at that consolidation off the open. So right here, like this is just a big fight essentially between shorts and longs. And these candles here, you know, your, your 18, 1830s at the low, you know, 1920s at the high, and we had basically 15 minutes of, you know, pretty decent volume where this thing is just wicking up and down, up and down. Like, you know, this is, this, this is just a fight. Like this is longs fighting shorts. That's all that is. And then right here, this is when the longs win. So you get this big candle, the next big candle. And then this one right here, this giant volume bar, that's all the stops on the shorts. So all the shorts are covering out, they're panicking. You get this quick pullback, everybody else is buying. And that, you know, that's when you get the squeeze. That's what that is. So. For anybody that doesn't really know how to read candles, it's a really, really helpful skill. Um, I personally find the three minute, even the five minute candles kind of give you the best amount of information. Like the one minute candles are choppy, they're kind of messy. Uh, they're a little bit harder to read, but 
this is a really good indicator that, that there's basically just a fight going on. So this is the kind of area that you don't want to trade because it's just too choppy. You got to wait until it picks a direction before you start trading it. So that's what happens. You know, we got the direction, we start heading upwards. And then basically from there on, you know, it's just strong all day. It goes up. You get this big afternoon run up here, big parabolic, you know, big tank. So this, this is a really good short opportunity on the short term right here. You know, check the volume on that candle, right? Big volume candle, like 12 yeah. and a half, you know, like 13 million. <laughs> See, I don't short, but that I would, I would, even if I did, I wouldn't have the balls to short that one. No. Just, just because, just because the price action, like bidding it up, look at that. It, it's going up with increasing volume. Like that's like, you couldn't get more bullish than that. I'd be so scared yeah. to, to short. Those are great, yeah. That's the best. Those are the best ones to short. Like as soon as that gets, they call it, you know, like a lot of guys I know, they call it the exhaustion move. So like you're just going up, the volume's getting higher and higher and higher, and then it just gets so high and the candles are getting so big, like, you know, it just can't keep up. And then you get that big yeah. smack. So like the safe, the safe spot to short this would be after this, you know, call it a death candle, like the biggest volume bar of the day. And it's just a big fat red candle. You short that bounce and just catch that. Yes. Next like that's, that's the easy money right there. Yeah. The bounce is confirmation. Yeah, like trying to grab this top is really, really tough, and you can you can get you can get blown out really. Like, look at you know, like we're moving from here from twenty seven up to you know almost thirty dollars in a, in like what six minutes, right? So yeah. you're gonna hurt yourself pretty quick on those. So it's all, always take the easy money, guys. Wait till something confirms and then pile in, right? Like if you want to get if you want to try and pick the top, use like ten or twenty percent of whatever you're gonna use. Throw the other eighty percent down here when it's safe, because then at least you have something to risk off, right? But anyway, so yeah. Sorry, I just want to say something. Like, I wonder. Like, this is May, right? Uh, yeah. So I'm wondering if in June, no, June's end of. So I wonder if, like, when Q22's earnings comes out, a couple of hedge funds are going to go ahead and say, like, they were they were in there and they went long, because I know if like, some of them are probably into, into fucking over the other guys. So because they're all sharks, right? Yeah. If you're like you got if you know the GME guys are giving you a base of support and you see some guys kind of like sticking their necks out trying to short this thing, I'm like, oh, I got you know, I got a few bucks, let's go. <laughs> you know? Wouldn't surprise me, man. Well, like we just looked at the technicals, like it was a really good long set. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So whoever was fighting like knew what they were doing. Oh yeah, for sure. But that's the thing, is like again, like you know, we have we have this beautiful setup. But then behind the scenes, we just have all these brand new traders who are just like brainwashed by all this this social media and Twitter stuff going on. That like, it's anybody's guess. That's why like if you're if you're gonna trade these, like trade the easy moves, like the one I just showed you there. Like that's the easy move, right? That's that's where you're you're low stress. You don't have to worry about anything. If you're just gonna short this thing and ride it for a few days, or you know buy it long and then it goes ten bucks against you, like that's a headache, man. I don't need that stress. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is one of those things where you want to get in, make your money and get out and just sit and wait for it to calm down and then jump back in. Like yeah. riding that thing is like could ruin your life. Well, that's the tricky thing, right? Like if you're going if you're going long on these things, like again, I'm not a long trader, so like I know, like there's 100% guys out there who can probably ride this thing right to the top because they know what to look for. Um, but as a short trader, you know, it's so much easier just to sit here and just watch the thing go to 100 bucks a share, do whatever it's going to do. Just sit back, relax, wait, and then all of a sudden, when you see it break, then it's like, okay, now we're going back down to five bucks, <laughs> and that's that's when you can pile in comfortably and just like let that thing go down to zero, basically. Like I've seen, like that's that's the thing too, and on these stocks like this, like 
you know, again, like I've been, I've been, this has been the kind of stuff I've been watching forever. So we'll just look at this daily. I'll, I'll talk about this day we had on Friday in a minute, but like I've seen stocks like this. There was one even, they don't happen too, too often, but there was one, I think, I think it was like just over a year ago. I can't remember the ticker, but it went from like, it went from like three or four bucks up to, I think, 25 over a period of like three or four days. And then it gapped way up to like close to 30. And then it closed that day, I think at like six bucks. So like, yeah, like sometimes when these things finally crack, like they crack real hard and they fall like free fall. <laughs> so that's, that's the move that you want to wait for on the short side is like once that snap happens, you just like throw your whole, whole account at it if you know what you're doing and just ride that thing down to zero basically. Cause then you know how far it has to fall, right? If you're on the long side, like for me as a short trader, I don't know how far it's going to go, but I, I know how far it can fall. There's a way we can combine our abilities. Cause I like catching knives and you like shorting. So we could, we're technically two sides of the same move. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, I've thought about that in the past. Like I've thought about that. I'm like, okay, well, like I'm getting pretty good at covering. Like I can usually cover like pretty close to dead bottom or like at least at some, some areas where it bounces and stuff like that. And I'll kind of get some good covers, but like, Sometimes I'll cover at the areas that I'm looking for and then it bounces all the way back up and I hit it perfectly. Other times I cover at the areas I'm looking for and it just rips down another like, you know, 20%. So I'm like, eh, I don't know if I'm really ready to, to start like, you know, covering and buying all in one show, yeah. trying to take the other side of it, but yeah. maybe one but it's, it's not twice as hard. It gets like exponentially harder. It's like, yeah. Cause then you gotta be able to flip your thesis right away. Like it's, it's yeah. tricky. I'm not, I'm not that good yet. <laughs> <laughs> really confusing. Yeah. All right. So yeah, let's take a look at this chart again here. You are um, still on AMC? Yeah, I'm still on AMC here. I just kind of want to walk through the couple of days just to give you an idea of like, you know, like. Oh no, again, I was just gonna say when uh, at the at the very end, don't close it yet. If you can go on the weekly when you're done, I want to show you something I just found. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So here, this is that day again. We had the big tank, and then like right in the right near the close here, we had another big, you know, another big candle down and. You know, it, it's it's not surprising, but it just kind of shows like how much buying pressure there is behind this. When you get like a big tank like that at the end of the day, and then it comes all the way back up to highs, you get another big tank, and then it just goes sideways, and then it gaps up the next day, and it starts going higher. Like that's that's huge buying pressure right there for that to be able to do that. And then so pre market, this is Friday now, so this is the big day that we've had so far, right? So you know, we opened, we gapped up a little bit, kind of cruised up pre market. Around 6 a.m., we had this big spike up to, what, 30, 33 bucks right on the nose. Kind of sold off, you know, and then where's our open here? Started to come back up. And then, like, check out these candles, man. Like, look at this 9.30 candle. 20 million shares traded in three minutes. And look at this wick, dude. Like, look at that. 32.45 up to almost $37 wicked right back down. Like, let's see what this looks like on the one minute. I haven't even looked at it yet. Yeah, like check out those candles. So this is on the one minute. So this is a nine thirty. This is nine thirty right here. You get one minute where it just kind of flutters around, and then you just get this huge green candle, big spike, and then right down. So in one minute, like in a one minute candle, it went from almost thirty seven dollars down to thirty two fifty. While we're talking about movies, the the visual representation of this is like Saving Private Ryan or like any of those horror movies where. The, you know, everyone's just shooting at each other. You don't know where the bullets are coming from. That's what that is. Yeah, this is like, this is thousands of people on their keyboards just absolutely <laughs> screaming and panicking. That's what that looks like in a candle. 
the, the dollars are the bullets. It's like just flying in either direction. Yeah, yeah. But so this is what happens though, right? Like this, this is what I like to call, well, not me, you know, a lot of people call this a stuff candle, right? So this is why I like the three minute. Like you look at the top, like you look at that top wick, that is so much selling pressure. It's insane. Like you have, you have this little tiny, you know, this little tiny filled candle right here and this giant wick up the top. So basically what this is, and like I've learned how to read these on the three minute candles and this is why I like them because again, you can't really see that as well in the one minute. You know, this, this is everybody buying up, buying up, and then just getting absolutely smashed down with, with sales, you know, short sales, people selling their long positions. Like that is, that is a ton of selling pressure right there on that candle. So after you see something like this, like, again, I wasn't playing this because it's just, I don't like playing something like this. It's, you know, I'll show you what I, what I like to do after this, but, but something like this, that's when you can go short. Like you can start shorting into these, into these pops, like really small size, maybe 20% of your size. Cause we're over VWAP, you know, longs are still in control, but then you can risk over this high. Cause like when you've had a candle like that, that's gotten smacked down so hard, you know, that now everybody, everybody's looking at this going, okay, that's a lot of selling pressure. Let's start shorting pops. Like that's, that's what that tells you. So you can see here, these next two candles, like, you know, they got within about 10 cents of that top. And then we had another big sell off, right? Like even this move right here, like if you, if you put a couple orders, like, you know, let's say you put a bit at 34, 35, 36, just sized in small on that. And then, you know, you short into VWAP and short at the low of day down here at 31 bucks. Like, you know, you have a 35 average, you cover down to, you know, 32 bucks, you know, 31 bucks. Like you can make a quick, you know, three bucks a share in five minutes, you know, five, six minutes on a, on a move like that. Like, so that's like a 20, 20% move within minutes. Like you can yeah, make a lot of money. Like that, like that's, that's the safe move, right? Like you, you put your things, you know, you put your, sh your shorts in here, do a hard stop just above the high of day. So if it pops up, you can say, okay, let's say, you know, I want to risk, let's, I want to risk a hundred bucks on this, you know, however many shares that is. And I don't know, maybe it's like 20 shares each entry or whatever. You do 20 at 34, 20 at 35, 20 at 36. And then, you know, you just cover down at these lows. You can make a quick, you know, 150 or some odd bucks or whatever that works out to be, right? In, in 10 minutes. So those are, those are the kind of moves that, that are, you know, a little bit safer on, on plays like this. But again, like, like when you're playing these, the, you know, the head of the snake kind of thing that's, that's leading the whole pack, they are a lot riskier. Um, so what happened after that, basically, again, I'm just kind of walking you guys through like the, the mental side of this, like what people are looking for. So if you look at this candle here, this is kind of the flip side of that open candle. So the open candle, we have this huge wick that indicates massive selling pressure. And then we tank below the VWAP line. Uh, for those of you who don't really know what VWAP is, like tons of traders use it. It's basically, just think of it as an indication of who's in control. If you're below VWAP, shorts are in control. If you're above it, longs are in control. So here, you know, we get this big tank below VWAP. We're at new lows from the open. And then we get a huge bottom wick. So that's a ton of buying pressure again, right? So now we're right back to yesterday where we have this big fight going on between longs and shorts, right? And that's what you see right here. So you have that almost the exact same thing, right? Like we got these big moves off the open and then we're back to battle again. So you got these candles, we're just moving sideways, big wicks, you know, you have this one here, look, it tries to, it tries to sell below VWAP again, gets bought right back up super fast, right? And then you get another indecision candle right here. And then this one right here is a pretty good indication of, you know, it's another stuff candle. It's a similar one to the open only it's on the red candle. So like for, what is this? 9.48 to 10 o'clock. So for, you know, for 12 minutes, we're basically, we're holding under like, you know, 34.50 call it, right? So for 12 minutes, we can't get over 34.50 with 
trading, you know, seven, eight million shares every three minutes. So there's tons of volume here. Can't get over 34.50. On this candle, we get a big push up to 35.50 and it gets stuffed down. And if you look at the bottom, again, super important volume, right? So we get a bigger volume bar right here. So that's a stuff candle again. So that's a stuff from the top. So that's, that's your selling pressure once again. So at this point, you know, we kind of have, you know, it's tough to see, right? We got, we got buying pressure on the bottom. We got two big candles of buying pressure. We got a huge candle of selling pressure. And then we got one more candle of selling pressure. So, you know, what do we do, right? Well, just keep waiting, right? Keep waiting for some good confirmation. So then all of a sudden we start getting tighter to the VWAP, we close down, and then you get this big fat candle right there that closes below VWAP, closes strong, there's no big wick, there's no buying pressure. Okay, like that's, this is where, you know, you wanna get in short. This is where it's safe. You know, the, the, the buying pressure's not coming back in anymore. So what you can do is basically short in this range under VWAP, and like if it was me, I would probably risk like just over 33.50 kind of thing, you know, like, like, look at the range on this thing, you know, give it 50 cents, just basically put your stop just over VWAP. And then, you know, you can pile in here short on these pops, you know, cover into the washes and like, you know, you're 32.50, what, one, two, three, four, you know, five, five or six bucks a share to the downside there. And, you know, 15 minutes risking say a buck, right? So that's, that's your five to one right there, right? Get in here on this pop, you know, you risk a dollar, you make $5. Like, that's 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 good risk to reward right that's what we're looking for on these things so again it's just looking for the move right you know you're not we're not trying to hit a home run on this thing and then you know we kind of go along it's again this this is why i'm kind of not sure what it's going to do because there's a lot of things on this one that that should have happened that didn't happen like if it was like a really big panic day so like right here we had you know 3150 kind of became the level right it was it was the line when we when we tanked below VWAP you draw that line in here you know right where it closed there like 3160 area so that was kind of you know that was kind of our level when we dropped so now we bounce back up and we're kind of just sitting right below that area for quite a while right and we're coming up you know like I'm not a huge fan of horizontal trend lines I'm just doing this for visual but I, love them. <laughs> I hate them <laughs> I just think they're too, I just think that the two like there's too much interpretation like you, you know you could draw a line like that you could I don't know somebody else could I don't, I don't even know I don't want to get into them right now no you're 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 right it's that's where the that's where the art is it's really easy to look at a chart and be like oh there's a bunch of diagonals and you'd be right but you wouldn't know what to do with any of them it's it's yeah. knowing which ones matter yeah yeah exactly so this one I thought was pretty clear so I'll put that on there um but yeah, so we're basically, you know, we're, we're just kind of coming along this line here and we can't really get over this 3160s area. And then, you know, we fall out below this horizontal trend line and that's where we just kind of get this nice steady sell off for the next hour or so, right? So this dotted line down here. Now, one, on these types of plays, so, you know, a lot of people call them first red days, right? You get all these run-ups, you know, we're gapping up, gapping up. So the first day that the stock actually like trades down trades down out of the open and it goes red on the day so it goes below this line that's usually a big signal that you know everything's kind of flipped around like you know sellers are in control longs are getting out of their positions like that that's a huge huge indicator on a lot of these types of moves is first red day and these are easily the most profitable setups because like i said i mean i've seen i've seen these first red day setups go from 30 bucks down to five bucks in a day like it happens right when you get that big waterfall so on this one, there's a couple things that kind of make it a little bit different. So 
first off, you know, we had, we were up towards $37 at the high. Now we're down to $27. Keep in mind, this whole move on the way up was about 250%. So we've basically given back, you know, 100% on the, on, you know, on the long side. We've given back 100% of the move already, essentially, right? If you're coming from this top all the way down. So for this, at this point, you know, a lot of people could have made a lot of money already on the short side here. Um, a lot of longs are probably already out. Maybe they're even looking to dip by at this point because it is still so high. So normally when this breaks, like you can, right when this line breaks there, you can absolutely just pile on short. And like, that's when you just get like the huge bleed down to nothing, right? Like that's such a key level. You can even look here, like on this one here, like the, the green candle bounced like almost to the penny off of that line. Like it's, it's, it's absolutely a massive, massive level to keep an eye on for these kind of multi-day runners. Um, so the reason I think that this didn't go down is because we were already, you know, $10 off the high on, you know, a stock that was 36 bucks. So we're already pretty far down. Like if this, if this, um, if this clothesline from yesterday, if it was like 32 bucks, say, and, you know, we had this big spike and, you know, we were $4 down from the high. Then let's say this 3160 line was the, the red green line. If we broke that, I bet you this thing would have sold right off to probably like 20 bucks because it's, it's, it's a lot tighter, right? Then when everybody gets it under that, it panics. But because we've already had so much sell off, I don't think it induced quite as much panic as it usually does. Um, and then, you know, again, right here, you, you go back to this kind of battle. So like, that's the way that most like traders trade this stock right as they pile in this line so if everybody's piling in here and then look again we get you know we get a big bottom wick so there's still so much buying pressure and then you get this big short squeeze right back over like that's what this bar is that's all the shorts getting their stops hit because everybody's putting their stops just over the previous high just over red to green right and it comes back over gets under again and then i bet you everybody piles back in again and then all of a sudden you get another little short squeeze back over the line like they're small moves, but that's what these are. These are short squeezes. Because as soon as you get under that red green line on these multi-day runners, that's when everybody piles in short because that's that's a huge indication that uh, that the trend has changed. That's that's your main indicator, right? So um, the fact that towards the end of the day, we just kind of literally just went up and down and up and down over this line is, you know, it, it just begs the question, you know, what's going to happen next week? So... You know, again, I don't like horizontal lines, but if you did want to draw like some sort of a triangle, like, I don't know, you could do something like that. And, you know, we're not really selling off after hours. We're just kind of going sideways. Right. So I think, you know, it's a long weekend in the States right now, Memorial Day. So I think Tuesday is going to be pretty interesting. So like for me as a trader, I couldn't tell you what this thing's going to do. Like it could, it could open at 30 bucks on Tuesday and it could rip up to 50 bucks. It could gap down to $20 and it could sell off to $5, right? It, there's no way to tell what it does. The bottom line is if you guys are going are gonna to trade this and be involved in this, know how to read the candles, be super careful because this is a dangerous stock to trade and, you know, just take the moves. Don't look for home runs. Um, you know, if you've been in it since 10 bucks, you're already up quite a bit. That's great. Okay, maybe you can be, you know, a little bit, a little bit more relaxed with the moves on it. But if you're just trading it, just be super careful. Like, don't rush into these things. Um, that kind of brings me to my next point. I just want to touch on this really quick, David, and then you can get to your stuff. Um, so all the side plays. So KOSS, this is one of the side plays, right? So check this out. So similar sort of setup, right, as, uh, as AMC there. 
because it follows it. So, so thing, yeah. So the the thing about these these side plays or you know these sympathy plays is generally you have your main stock runs up and then your side stocks run up a little bit less, but then they sell off more. So like let's just say you know AMC goes up a hundred percent, you know KOSS might go up I don't know sixty percent, but then if AMC sells off twenty percent. KOSS might sell off 30 or 40%, right? Because it's, it's, it's this weird kind of thing that goes in between them where like the side stocks, they get pulled up not quite as hard, but then once they let go, when the main stock breaks, they fall even faster. So they're less volatile, there's less people trading them, so they're a lot easier executions. And if you're going short side, they sell off a lot quicker. EXPR is another one. So if you check this one out, this was, this was actually a really good. Same thing, you know, we had a similar kind of morning. And then when AMC broke, you know, right here on 20 after 10, you just get this sell off. And then if you notice this, AMC, how it kind of went sideways at the end of the day and kept trading up and down over that red green line, EXPR went down and went sideways below it. And then it sold off way, you know, you went from 470 down to 420 again. So this one sell, sold off even farther. So this is kind of what I'm talking about, right? It's doing, it's following AMC, similar kind of moves as soon as AMC breaks. You can get into something like this and it's a lot safer because even if AMC reclaims a little bit, this thing's going to reclaim slower, it might even just go sideways or it might just keep selling off. So the side stocks are a lot easier to play on the short side than the, than the main ones. I just kind of wanted to point that out. So anybody who's like kind of new to trading or, you know, trying to figure out what to do, my recommendation is don't trade the one that everybody's talking about because it's, it's just, it's honestly just way too difficult. Like it's, it's just going to be too hard. You're going to lose all your money. Just if you're going to trade them, practice on the side ones. Uh, they're just a lot easier and they sell off a lot harder. So you can probably make a lot more money on them, to be honest. So, well, the other thing, the other one more thing I wanted to bring up that I thought was interesting just about AMC. So, again, like GME was like a 50 million float. Um, AMC is, you know, 500 million float. The thing I thought was weird, I looked at the order flow on Friday and a couple of people kind of mentioned this on Twitter too. So, it was trading a ton of shares, but the way the order flow was coming in, it didn't seem like it should have been moving a stock like that to that degree. So like, you know, like we saw in the one minute candles, we're moving like five bucks a share in one minute. But if you're actually looking at the time and sales when that, that was happening, it was the same kind of, a, you know, like the order flow is like the amount of orders coming in. So if you look at the level one, it'll say, you know, a thousand shares bought, you know, a thousand shares, 200 shares, 200, like it shows you every single order that's coming through in real time. So when I was watching that, I'm looking at it and I'm like, like this is like it's not a lot of orders for this kind of float and like the stock you know the stock's going nuts so i'm like that's kind of weird and then my phone goes off one of the other guys i follow on twitter said the same thing he's like does anybody think this thing's trading really thin for the amount it's moving and i'm like like yeah it is so um for anybody that doesn't know what that means like trading thin basically means it, it's not trading very much volume for the amount that's moving so if you have like you know let's say you had like a 10 million float stock which normally these types of moves happen on you know, you have a thousand shares kind of coming through and, and orders and buys and sells really quick. It's going to be moving a lot because like a thousand shares is a pretty big percentage of the overall float of the stock, right? So it has the power to move it. But if you have a 500 million float stock and you're having that same order flow coming through, you know, a thousand shares, a thousand shares, 200 shares, whatever, and it's moving it just as erratically or even more erratically, it's kind of weird. So like my take on that is basically that I think so much of the float is locked up in 
just people that are long that the, the actual tradable float has got to be somewhere around like, I don't know, maybe 20, 30, 40 million. Cause I think, I honestly think that like 300 or 400 million shares are just locked up by all these Reddit guys and hedge funds that are just not doing anything with their position. So the actual float, yeah, that's transferring, yeah they're just, they're just sitting there holding on to everything, just waiting. So the actual float that's, that's trading is only this tiny little percentage which is really strange. I've never seen it before. So like, that's why I'm, I'm just really excited to watch it next week because honestly, I think whichever way it goes, it's going to be like, it's going to be quite the move. Like if, if it, if it goes up and I don't know if the shorts will get squeezed that hard, if there's enough of them or like if most of it's longs, which I kind of think it is, if it breaks to the downside and all those Reddit guys do get scared and start selling, like, I mean, I think it go down to a buck. I don't know. I've never seen this before. Just out of funny thought, do you remember um, 300? Um, it's, it's the famous Battle of Thermopylae. Like the reason yeah. 300 Spartans was able to take on however many tens of thousands of Persians was because they were fighting in a funnel, basically. I think this is what's happening with, with this stock, right? You got most of the float that's illiquid. And then, so it actually makes it a fair fight. It doesn't matter how much money uh, Wall Street has. If you only have a certain amount of shares to trade, that's it. It's not mm -hmm. a money. Right. Yeah, I think that's it's 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 really weird. I've, I've never seen yeah. this before. I'm like I'm looking for I'm I'm taking a lot of notes because I want to know how to how to capitalize on this next time. I, I gotta give a kudos to uh, Wall Street Bets. They're 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 pulling through. They are actually diamond hands. One, it's working, and two, it's actually uh, it's actually equalizing the battle a little bit against uh, the short yeah. sellers. I'm, I'm impressed. Did you see? Um, I think it was Kramer said on uh, on his show on on friday or something like that he he talked about beyond meat saying that wall street bets should go after them next because they have such a high short flow and he's so he started talking about that a little bit i think it went up like 10 or 13 percent or something wow you see that so yeah so even jim kramer saying like oh i think they should get after this one next like it's becoming this whole this whole thing man it's crazy it's just really interesting to watch play out like I honestly didn't think they would last this long. They've already proven me wrong. And they're like, they're actually a real force in the market right now. Mm -hmm. Right. Cool. I wonder if it's going to like go on forever or if it's going to be like eventually going to kind of get like dismantled. Like they'll have like too many picks and there won't be enough in one or whether the SEC is going to kind of crack down on them a bit. I don't know. I, so I was listening to somebody say, it was just something really simple. It was just like, what happens when like all the lockdowns and everything's fully reopened and people aren't sitting at home anymore. How many are going to stick around to do the trading, assuming they even have the resources, and then how many people are just going to like go on to their normal lives now? Yeah. You know, this is fine. It's a nice chapter, but you know, it's over. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm just loving watching it play out, man. This is really cool. <laughs> just trying to get my presentation going. Sorry, Sam, do you know? Do I have to stop mine or? Yeah, I think you might have to stop yours. Oh, man. Right. But, uh, I think bottom, I'm bottom right click to cancel your presentation yeah. okay there we go not very tech savvy no i'm i'm just not i just downloaded dos trader pro and i just like watched an hour of how to set that thing up i was oh my god it's completely different yeah it's like it's like a different like dos trader is basically um it's it's like a platform to trade through so like you, you can link your brokers to it. So I got to have like all my, you know, my three or four different brokers all linked through DOS Trader. And then when I trade, I, I just use a little drop down menu. I can just, you know, hit 
pick whatever broker I want to do the trade on and then funnel it through that one system. But I'm trying, like, it's what all, it's what all, like, most of the, the pro guys use because it gets the best order flow. It's like the most customizable, like, the, you know, everything's just like, it just gives you the most options, but I got to figure out how the hell to use the thing. <laughs> it's, it, it's time. You're, you're going Super Saiyan 3 now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sam, can you pull up my screen, please? I'm going to, I'm going to make some bold calls. Okay. I got to see this. I love my wedges. <laughs> so so we're back from the technical difficulties. I just want, this is what I wanted to show Kaylin earlier. So there's a couple of things that I love that most people hate, which is one diagonal lines and wedges or triangles. And I'm just looking at, and while Kaylin was talking, I was looking on the, on the weekly and I've seen, like we, we both agree, we saw some bullish uh, formations, but I, I, I spe I'm specifically, I, I'm, I've trained my eyes to always look out for these uh, rising wedges because they are a doozy. A lot of people don't see them coming. And generally what, what it means is that this is um, buying, buying power, buying momentum, just kind of like losing steam. So it's going, it's, so, it's, so the price action is heading towards an apex. And what usually happens is about a third of the way up is when um, the momentum loses steam and you'll see a break. And then, so what are we looking at here? 50, I think it's going to happen around 56 to $60 area. Yeah, 56 to $60 area. And I think that coincides really well with something around this side. So like new all-time highs. So basically, I think I think uh, AMC is going to hit new all-time highs and uh, and then just sell off real quick. Um, so that, yeah. that's, a, that's an area to watch out for the, the high 50s. Um, and I'm, yeah, so the high 50s. And usually when it comes down, it'll come down in spurts too. So it'll come down, they hit previous, uh, previous um, highs, see if it's support. Then it usually goes back up about 60% on the, on, the, um, on the FIB, and then it'll come back down again, if it's still bearish. And it'll test this previous area. And, and the, the reason I say this with conviction is because I've studied like hundreds and hundreds of charts on different timelines, and I've seen this pattern over and over again. That's why I can pick it out so easily now. But um, but yeah. So if it's bearish, this is the way the play the play that it, how it'll play out. If it's bullish, it will continue on here. So this area above twenty, I'd say twenty six bucks. Now I even say like thirty eight, thirty eight to sixty dollars. That area is key to watch. And and if you look at it, the RSI is already kind of getting a getting tapped out there. Yeah, I'm gonna ask you about that. Like, what do you? Because you don't you read RSI a lot more than I do. What do you think of that? That's normal. That's not uh, bullish or bearish. It's normal because okay. um, there was there's no divergence. Uh, yeah, it looks perfectly normal. It's what happens next that's going to be really interesting. Because right. what I what I think is going to happen is the price is going to do make a new high, but RSI is going to make a make a low, and then you're going to have a divergence issue, and then that divergence is going to be confirmed by this break, and then that's what's going to send it down. Okay. So I'll be interested to yeah. see. Uh, well, use that on like on the small cap stuff it usually doesn't it usually doesn't go that long you just get that one run and then it just dies right right, right. Oh, but because yeah, this, so. you know it's has such a high flow and there's so many people watching it then maybe it does this yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna keep this going and then see what uh see if yeah. it plays out this way we'll check back in like a few weeks yeah yeah see if it actually plays out <laughs> but uh but yeah i don't have that much this week i just uh, want to show like i actually hit a few uh orders this week so this is my binance so like I, I was telling I was telling Kaylee, I think offline earlier that I was like, I'm doing better trading now that I'm not doing longer time frames. Like I'm actually so busy that I instead of looking at the hourly candles, I'm looking at the, the daily and the weekly. And I just look on the charts once a day to kind of catch up on what's going on in the market. 
but um but i set a few orders i saw that i saw the bitcoin was coming down and then what i saw can i draw with this no i can't draw with this platform that's okay so but so i saw bitcoin was coming down and what i ended up doing was um here we go never mind there we go love my diagonals you see that so <laughs> we, we were back on the 24th and 25th i saw this kind of forming and we were losing steam i actually called the bitcoin was going to turn around at 42.5 we turned around way before that. So I was like, fuck, it's looking really bearish. So then that's what that's what this sell-off here was. But then I drew the diagonal. I thought, okay, this might be a buy zone. But instead of buying Bitcoin, I calculated how much it would affect uh, the trading pair of ADA and ended up putting the, the, the same percentage drop, but only in ADA. And I put put in these orders for a buck 38. Um, so where's it at now? I can't remember how you use this platform. Right. So I set the orders for ADA, I think. USDT trading pair. There you go. So it's like a buck. I think you can see my orders on here. Yeah. So you can see. Yeah. So I set my orders for a buck 30, 30, 38, buck 38, 33. And it bounced like right off. So my, my order is right about here. It, was, it bounced right off this. I think it was like a 50 day or whatever it is. So now it's up. So you expecting a big move back up then, or what's your profit target? Yeah, so my profit target's actually here. I want to see if it's going to get rejected by by these wicks here. Okay. So so I've got so I've got a couple sell orders. It's kind of layered between the series here. What is that? Between a buck, yeah, a buck, oh, a buck ninety and a buck ninety six area. I think that's where I put it. Hmm. So it's weird when I log into Bi uh, Binance with this platform. It's different than logging in on the web because I should be able to get the trading view look here. Oh, here we go. Trading view. Because because the cool thing with trading view is that it'll show my uh, my orders. There you go. Uh, so so yeah, I had some buy orders layered for like from way back, and then yeah, so that's my my exit there. Buck ninety five thirty three. Okay, that's my exit. So I think that was like a quick. That's gonna be end up being a quick 44, 40 something percent swing, nice. ideally, ideally. Um, but since I'm so busy now, I'm actually going to try to figure out how to set a stop because, you know, I don't. But I think yeah. now I'm going <laughs> to. Yeah. Yeah. Stop to save your life. Yeah, because I'm in the money now. So it's kind of stupid not to. I just got to figure out how to do it. Because Binance is weird. Trading spot has a different configuration than trading futures. So then it's a little got to get used to it. I'm not used to trading spot. It's been a while. Can you attach a stop loss like to your order? Like, so it cancels the other ones too, or no? That I, like I got a stop limit here, but it looks funky to me. Like it doesn't say, cause so if you're, if you're doing futures, not only can you do stop limit, but it'll say reduce only. So there's no chance of it, you going short or like whatever. It just only reduce your position or, or, or it won't activate, which is um, the safest. Because I've had it before where I didn't have that reduce only. And what it ended up doing was put me in a short position. Instead of selling my longs, it put me in a short position. I was like, fuck. So I've gotten I've gotten burned like that before. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, so that's that's my so I did two trades this week, my ADA trade and then my Galaxy trade. So Galaxy was uh hold that up. Oh man, Galaxy is my MVP. Now I was gonna say you're killing it on that thing, man. That I, I don't know what I'm just like in sync with that thing. I'm just like stupid lucky with it this year. Galaxy Digital, sorry, there it is. Yeah. Because I've been playing that. Oh yeah, look at look at this, look at this stuff. Look at my diagonals. It's so many lines. This is how I traded. This is if everybody oh, wants to know, like this is how I traded that shit. So but uh but yeah, so I, I ended up catching the knife right here too. 
I love catching knives. It was uh, I picked it up for 80, 80, 18.50. So like just a few, maybe maybe a quarter and a change below where it ultimately hit. Yeah. Uh, I remember I sold all time high and I just didn't want to touch it anymore because Bitcoin looked tapped out. Everybody looked tapped out, so I was just sitting in cash. And then once it had two straight days in this wick, I was like, usually when I see this wick, I'm like, there's a there's gonna be another day coming down. Mm. So then I looked on the the VPVR and I was like, 1825 looks like it's gonna be strong support. So I went up a little bit, went to 1851 because I figure I'm gonna front run some you know some whole number of people. <laughs> and then yeah. I put my order in there, so it did a nice little bounce. And then I actually put my exit right here too. Um, I I had two orders. I exited one of them, so I'm about 50 percent out. And the, okay. and the exit was about 20, 2390 something. So just below 24 bucks. Again, I'm trying to front run it. And, mm -hmm. and that it was like 2395, I think was the max for the day. Yeah. See, 20, 20, no, it did 2404 was the high. Yeah, 2404 was the high for the day. I, I exited, so I exited like seven cents be, uh, below the high. So you're getting that just but, off the volume profile? Is how you picked that level? The, the exit? Yeah, no, the, the buy-in. The buy-in, yeah, the buy-in, I looked at the VPVR. Um, almost exclusively. Uh, I find that it's more accurate than looking at uh, the candles. You, you can get the exact same information, but I just find it cleaner just to look over to the right side and be like, okay, so, so, oh, so I should tell you. So after I spent some time with this thing, I've, I've actually figured out how I like to use it now. When I want to place a buy order, these gaps are really great for that because they're almost, they almost act like magnets for buy orders. So when I want to go long, so I'll, I'll place my orders within these gaps. But when I want to, um, when, I, when, I, when I'm feeling bearish, when I want to catch a knife, I find that these spike areas, these are going to be strong areas of support. So if it's going to bounce from somewhere, it's going to be here. And if it doesn't bounce from here, it's got a long way down to go. So those mm -hmm. are like the dangerous knife catching things. But that, but that's what I found. So if I want it like, so if the market was uh, bullish, um, what I find was that the price will usually front run these uh, these support areas. So, so these gaps are perfect. And then if the market is bearish, I use these um, these spikes. Like on, a pullback, like on a pullback, you mean you'll get in, in where there's no volume, and on a big drop, you'll get in where there's a volume spike. I'm sorry. Sorry, so, like, explain that again. Like, okay, so so let's say I want to go long. I have to first figure out where where the market is. So if the market is bullish, let's say it was three months ago, the market was still bullish, then yeah. I wouldn't place the orders at these spiked areas because it wouldn't reach them. I find they would only reach these gaps because I think uh, people are front running. So these gaps, what they represent is areas without, with very little price oh, action. Okay. So, yeah, so if the whole trend is bullish, then you'll buy into where there's the gaps, but if the trend is bearish and you're trying to dip by it and just hit yeah. it down, there's the spikes. Okay, okay. Yeah, exactly. So it's really important to kind of get a gauge on where the, the market is, because there's a couple of times where I try to buy during these spikes during the bull market and I missed and I, and I was like, how and then i figured out i'm like okay it's front running it's whatever it is it's causing people to 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 get uh to buy in before that that, may, that actually makes a lot of sense because i i use volume profile when i'm shorting and whenever i'm shorting i always like i always find the areas that are really heavy is like the same thing like i'm going like day to day but wherever there's the biggest volume profile spike that's usually a huge area where i'll start to get short so it's yeah. the exact same thing only in reverse right yeah, exactly. Exactly. The so whole chart's bearish, but it's you know I'm I'm, hit, I'm hitting a spike up into that level. Yeah, so that exactly. Sense. Exactly. It's it's That's hilarious. It's, uh, it's like a totally different play, totally different. We're both doing the same thing. We don't even realize it. <laughs> so, yeah. So I think this is like a really important thing to tell people is like um, should you be using the exact same tools, and, and for like different purposes or getting a different piece of information or use out of it. Yeah, I just had to get you to explain that to me because I didn't even understand it the first time and I'm already doing it and it won't be in reverse. 
yeah and i think i think that's what's um the key about like people that because i still get messages from guys that people that want to get into trading and i'm like um like you said it a lot of times you you got to get your hands dirty you got to get in there and like and like this is one of those things you can you you really have to just test these tools out and then find how it works for you. Cause we just took the same thing. We found it and we applied it to us, but in different ways and it works. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the funky thing about trading is like so many of the things are the same. Like, it, like I've, I've heard it so many times, like it was like technical analysis is easy. Like everybody's looking at the same stuff. It's just a matter of like, you know, what's your risk tolerance and what's your time frame and how much stress can you handle? And like, you know, what charts are you playing and what, what, what floats are you playing? Like there's, it's just like there's so many areas, but like just the broad scheme of technical analysis is is like you can pick it up pretty quick. Like it's not hard. It's just actually yeah. like implementing it and making the right trades off of it. Are, are that's the hard part. <laughs> that that's the trial and error get burned a few times. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like um, what was I going to say? I was going to say like um, oh, I forgot. I, did you want to hear about my Bemil? Because that was my new long term. Yeah, play. yeah. I was going to ask you about I, that. Yeah, Sam. So it was. It was it was super hard trying to find data on this company. I mean, they just went, I think, I, I, they, I don't think the IPO, they went public. Maybe it was a direct listing or something, but they got spun off by their parent company, who apparently does this. They bought a whole bunch of companies and they've spun off like 10 already. So this is their their thing. Okay. But um, but it's just like a $6 billion company right now. Um, and the only reason I'm in it is because I'm a customer. I've been a customer for almost uh, eight years now, seven, eight years, paying, like a paying customer. And so like I and so like this is one of those things for investing where Warren Buffett, Lynch, they always say like you should stay within your circle of confidence. And it's like because I'm a customer, I have a little bit of a deeper understanding of this of this company or their product or their use. And so like they're a very small company, only six billion dollar valuation. And um, but what they do is they provide back end services for anybody that wants to provide um, video content. So they wanting to go an alternative route from YouTube. So YouTube is like ad based. Vimeo is only subscription-based, so they show no ads. Um, and if you want to put your content on there, you're free to do so, but you got to pay like a monthly fee depending on what functions you want. Mm -hmm. But the reason I'm in it is is for the same reason I was in Tesla, and it's the same reason I'm in Nvidia is because I see the future being bright for this industry. Maybe not necessarily for this company, but for this industry. I think COVID did something where it showed people the importance of having not only an online presence but an online media presence. Video. And I, and I think a lot of gym owners, you might even know this better than me, but a lot of gym or coaches have survived doing online courses, right? Yeah. Live stuff, whatever it is. And so this would be perfect for them. Um, if you, because I think a lot of people got shocked when COVID happened, they realized that if I don't see my customer in person, I don't see my customer, mm -hmm. right? And so like they need to have an online presence. And then this, it not only gives them an online presence, but it gives them a way to make some money. So. For instance, like if you wanted to be, if you wanted to coach and you want, you created a series of videos, you load it onto Vimeo, you could create a paywall and you say um, five bucks a month, 20 bucks a month, whatever it is, you charge it. Vimeo takes the, take a percentage on their back end, and you could take their platform and put it on your website. No branding, no nothing. It just looks like, you know, just like your video on your website. And so it's really professional way to really get started to like sell your own products, right? Um, people can do live stream. You could do, for, like, let's say you wanted to do some trading seminar, you could run it here too. You could create a dollar paywall, a subscription or like a one-time fee, whatever whatever it is. And you could just run your live stream and you can talk and you know, there's tips, there's a whole bunch of stuff. Okay. And so and so it's like kind of like 
the next level of Shopify. If you want to open up a website, you want to start selling stuff, go to Shopify. But then now if you want to add video content and have a way to sell it, then this or monetize it, this is the way to do it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, especially now, like so many people are doing like stuff on their own, like on the side and things like that. That's a great way to make a business. Yeah, yeah. Like, and the thing, the, the great thing about them is like, they don't trap you in like a certain set price. You set your price, they'll take their cut, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously there's a minimum, you can't sell something 50 cents, but you know, oh, you know, um, Kevin Lebroni and uh, Chris Cormier, they sold their videos um, on here. That, that's also one of the reasons I know them. Oh, okay. They've been around yeah. for a long time. They've been around like as long as YouTube. Yeah, yeah. They've been, I think I remember seeing them in like like in high school almost. I want to say. Yeah, they've always been number two, but like a distant, distant number two. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I I remember seeing stuff where it's like, yeah, you can watch this on Vimeo, and then I couldn't watch it because I had to pay for it or something. And I was like, oh, screw this thing. <laughs> yeah, I think it took them a while to figure out where their position was because there's no way they could compete against the uh, YouTube. Yeah, see, it, it, like. From the sounds of what you just said, like I didn't know anything about them until you just told me, but that sounds like they're just premature. Like it's, I, I can definitely see a market for that now, but 10 years ago, that seems like it was like nobody would have been really involved in that. And honestly, I think 10 years ago, they didn't know what they were doing. Like they just, we, okay, we have a platform, you load our videos, we don't have ads because we don't want to be like YouTube, but we have no idea how to monetize it. They just kind of like sat in limbo for a little bit. Yeah. And what I noticed uh, over the years was that their, their technology got better. Like the video they have, like the software they have they have for the video to upload and all that stuff it's really it's really well thought out really well developed and so it's like um like i've been plugging into my websites it automatically resizes like whatever features you want it, they could do it so it's like it's really good my only thing is like i don't know how big the market's going to be um and but because they're only like six billion dollars they're basically a fruit fly these days um, I figured, I, I figured like if all goes well, they get me a 10 bagger. So why not? I put like, I think I put like $3,000 down for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I can, I can definitely see a market for it though. Yeah. It's hard to tell how big it would be, but I mean, like the way social media is now, like so, like so many people make a living off of like Instagram and YouTube and all that kind of stuff. So I, I don't see why it wouldn't be. It's, it's, it's a similar kind of thing, but set up as a different platform. Like subscription stuff does really well, right? Like a lot of people, like a lot of uh, like trainers and stuff, like bodybuilding trainers, like a lot of them have websites too, where they do the same thing. It's like, you know, five bucks a month and they just upload videos and, and content on their website all the time. Like a lot of people do that, so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, I, I feel like these days, I, I, I know Sam doesn't want to talk about it, but like, cause he has experience running a YouTube channel and doing the monetization and stuff like that. And it's like YouTube really, they, they're really, really like the dictators, you know, and they could at any moment make a rule that just destroys like a whole section people's revenues and that's what happened to Sam. And so like, um, so I think a lot of people might start looking at the alternatives pretty soon. Yeah. But, yeah, um, but, but, but you know, it's funny though. I don't know if we could pull up the chart real quick, but um, just to end this, but remember I was asking you the other day, if you could look at the chart for me, cause I don't usually look at charts, companies that just IPO'd or just went public. Yeah, neither do I. <laughs> and so I was like, I was trying to, I was trying to figure out an entry. Like this is on the hourly and I was trying to figure out an entry and I remember it was so this purple line that's when i was asking you because i was like that's all i could do i mean i don't i mean let's look at it on the 15 minutes it's really not that much data yeah so where'd you end up getting in i bought in at 42 bucks i think okay yeah i can't remember how i reached that number but clearly i was underwater i think thursday but it doesn't really matter i mean there's no price action like you like what does it even mean if you're underwater at this point right yeah that's what I mean. Like, I feel like 
like they're so tough because there's no history yeah so uh yeah it's a little early but so so this is my thesis it's like um always use always use a couple of orders like now i'm starting to do the same with my swing trades where it's like i got my kind of fomo order i put it somewhere reasonable where it's very likely to hit and then i'll have my you know kind of value order and then i'll have my low ball order yeah so we'll see what happens then you just get you get that little piece in there just so you can be like okay i'm in all right we're good now i can now i can think a little clearer <laughs> that is exactly it because i can't do the fomo thing i'm like if i just get a little piece of it i can't say i'm not taking part i can kind of breathe yeah exactly yeah all right brother i think uh you're good for this week yeah i think we're good i think we covered some Perfect. decent stuff yeah um remember everybody we got uh we're still trying to work on the clubhouse thing because all three of us are so busy it's hard for us to even get together for uh the combo um but uh but if you have any questions send it in to comments or just dm one of us because because you you guys ask me personally just you know just ask me on the show or something else we can cover it <laughs> all right all right take care guys see you later guys